0: Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Ar Rahman Ar Rahim, Maliki Yawmid Or, this is one Qira'a, Maliki Yawmid Deen. One Qira'a says, Maliki Yawmid Deen. The second one says, Maliki Yawmid Deen. The issue here is, Maliki I'll give you the Arabic first is that it's a small world Maliki is one of the characteristics of the nature of things so Maliki Maliki would be extracted مُشْتَقَّ مِنصِفَاتِ meaning extracted from the characteristics of God Maniki with مِنْ صِفَاتِ meaning extracted from the actions of God you see this distinction between characteristics and actions again one is extracted from the characteristics of God the other is extracted from the actions of God Maniki, means the Lord of Yaumeddin and we we'll we, we get to Yahmuddin. Maliki means the owner, the possessor. The debate that arose between the scholars on the Quran is which of them is closer to recognizing what Allah is? Can you imagine in debate like that? One view, and this is, I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you because it's its interesting, something like that I wouldn't necessarily ask, but قالوا Maliki أبلغ في المتح من المالك لأن كل ملك ملك وليس كل Malikin Malika. ولأن أَمْرَ الْمَلِكِ نَافِذٌ عَلَى This is the, the construction of Quranic scholars. Basically, they argued that Maliki is more appropriate than Maliki. And Maliki is more appropriate because لأن كُلَّ مَالِكِن مَالِكٌ Meaning, every Malik, every lord, is Malik, meaning is an owner. Every lord is an owner. And not every owner is a lord. You could be an owner, but not a lord, and you could be a lord, but but, but every lord is an owner. And because the orders of a lord... Are binding upon an owner. A a lord controls the owner. Maliki, Nafizun ala al Maliki. Now, I have to tell you, I personally read Maliki Yawmidil and not Maliki Yawmidil. Because To say, to try to justify one qira'ah over the other through this way, to say, well, which is better, a lord or an owner, seems to me not to make much sense. It seems to me not to make much sense because it depends on how far you want to take the idea. If you say, well, manik means the owner, and then you say, the malik the owner of the malik the owner of the lord i've solved the problem i mean why i mean i've just given god the ownership of the lord so that in itself doesn't resolve it what seems to resolve it in my view at least or in the view of of the majority as well is either the transmission or the reading itself, the appropriateness of the reading. The, the, the <coughs> in, in other words, if we say that it is a qira'ah, then which is easier for which tongue? Since I am from the Egyptian lands, Maliki Yawmiddin is more impactful. than Maliki Yawmuddin. But I can very appropriate, I can very easily see that someone from the Algerian hills would find Maliki Yawmuddin both easier to read and much more eloquent. In other words, I believe that Iqara is allowed to leave, to accommodate different cultural settings of eloquence when your ear becomes refined in Arabic, certain readings of Arabic will sound infinitely more eloquent to you than others. And for the Egyptian ear, Maliki Yawmuddin sounds more eloquent than Maliki Yawmuddin. The meaning itself, I don't think makes makes much of a difference as we will see when we talk about Yawmuddin. That really, once you get into Yawmuddin... And the idea of Fatiha as the opening to the Qur'an, you don't see that it really makes much of a difference at all. Then what is the purpose of allowing more than one reading? One that says Maliki and one that says Maliki. I think that one must conclude that it is really the, what I call in the Qur'an class the emotive impact of the Qur'an. That which is going to have a greater emotive impact on you. For me, Maliki Yawmuddin has a greater emotive impact than Maliki Yawmuddin. But I have met people from the Algerian hills, for example, who argue that, no, Maliki Yawm din has a greater emotive impact. And I can understand that because m- many words used would would, would facilitate this, this conclusion. Yawm ad din Yawm is not problematic in the sense that we can all pretty much say it's today. Al Deen Al Din Dayana means several things. Ada, habit, Ta, obedience means uh death Is there a sense that they relate? each other yes in the sense that habit is what creates a sense of obligation very much like that you do something out of habit you become obligated to do it you become obligated to do it you obey it when Allah tells you that Allah Maliki or Maliki yawm ad-deen the day of what? We know that every time that phrase is used in the Qur'an, ad deen, it means the final حساب, the final accounting, which is clear. But several points. Why is it that it is often called yawm And there is there a sense of day? In a quantifiable set of time. When we say day. Now. We mean day. We mean the sun comes up. The sun goes down. That's a day. But what happens when the sun is no more? And time. Because time is dependent on gravity. Is no more. So what quantity of time. When there is no time. Are we talking about? And Dean The accounting but if we know that the day of accounting is not a day limited by time and the accounting is the accounting of by deduction is not limited by time then we must concede that whatever the accounting is it is not necessarily in a single event which is quantifiable by a single time. So that Maliki Yawm din could be simply the Lord of Day of Judgment, as we often translate the obvious point. The Day of Judgment, God sets as the boss. It is also the master of the time span, whatever it is, of accountability. It is extremely interesting that Dayana, which we said means habit and means obedience, connotes the idea of debt. It is very important to remember that it is the time where you pay up. As we said, we do not want to limit it in rather a simple-minded fashion to a specific day. But we say it is the time of accountability, whatever the span of that, which could be all time. And it is also the time that you will be pay up, which could be a single event or many events. That is why you will find when we talk about construction of reality, for example, you will find different perceptions of time. Have you ever gone back home or at least those of us who come from certain areas and you see an old man or woman sitting on a chair out in the street in the same position for hours. Expressionless. And then you sort of take, you're taken by surprise when you find this person getting up. You start wondering does this person ever move? But then you discover that this person actually gets up to do something. To eat, to wash. Sometimes after you discover that this person does a lot very early in the morning but then comes and sits in this one position for hours. Well, obviously, time has been reconstructed in the consciousness of this person to mean something very different than the one you might have. Time is something very different for this person. You take someone who has a certain specific, let's say, people who tell you, oh, I have half an hour, so I'm going to do this, 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 this. And you think to yourself, it's like half an hour, and they're going to do all of these things in half an hour. And in fact, they do them. Or the famous story about the lawyer who would button his shirt upwards-downwards because he discovered it can save him two seconds then from downwards-upwards. As opposed to someone who seems to always say, I'm going to do something in five minutes, and it takes him half an hour. Time means something different to these people. It's constructed differently. So the perception of time itself is as subjective a construction as anything else. Then when you put the, 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 the point of Iman and time is reconstructed to mean borrowed space, this is your, this is your credit, and you're gonna be, you're gonna pay up. Wow. Then your construction of time is very different. Then suddenly, time becomes a different matter altogether. This is actually credit. This is like when you when you uh, make a long distance phone call, and as opposed to a local call. A local call, I mean, you're not going to be looking at the clock, but when you're calling Pakistan or Egypt, yeah, you're, you're staring at the clock unless you're very rich. Time is very different in both settings. When time becomes then, this is like the point of Iman that you raised again. When your Iman about time, your matter of faith about time, your belief about time, becomes credit to be paid up at the day of, at, at the time of death, the construction of time becomes very different. The perception of time becomes very different, and consequently, it is no accident that when the Islamic civilization came about, when Islam first came, you had Muslims exploding upon the scene with achievements that dazzled the world. Arab society, by the way did not have that conception of time. You're talking about desert settings, nomadic settings. Time for a nomad is not a concept where every minute you're supposed to be doing something. For a nomad, basically, you sit stare at the at the sand dunes for hours and hours. You walk around and you write poetry and things like that because of the, the shifts of in, in weather conditions and so on is fairly constant the element of time itself but yet when you have Islam come in this discourse about time bearing credit is introduced so forcefully that you have then for the first time in the history of this area whether this area is under pharaonic power or Phoenician power or Philistine power, or Israelite power, or Syriac power, Assyrian power. In the first time of the history of this era, you have people writing volumes, a a a single scholar or a single jurist living, and writing a book that's 35 volumes, and another book that's 4 volumes, and another book that, like he writes 200 books. You cannot do that. Without a certain conception of time. Basically time where you're doing nothing else. You're, you're constantly being active. Constantly being employed. How else are you going to do that? There's no way. No way that you can do that unless you are exploiting every minute. So it is quite ironic in the contemporary age when you see that the Muslim conception of time has flipped. Where time has become much more fluid. Fluid much more expandable. And it is the notion of time being compact, where every minute is full of activity, has been replaced, where time is very flexible and very fluid. But we will see this whole issue of time and space in the Quran itself. It's fascinating. This is the discourse and the will It says, مَسَأَلَةِ uh, wal وَالْمَكَانِ مسألة الزمن والمكان. in in the Quran. زمان means time، مكان means space. the place. okay.